All right, friends, the news just continues to drop as we uh, proceed here through this week. Sam Rajovsky, you're listening to the What's Right Show, uh, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, Just as we were getting off air yesterday, uh, news about Representative George Santos dropped uh, his indictment. And then this morning, of course, the much-touted House Oversight Committee laying out their influence-peddling scheme case against Joe Biden and family. Now, these two stories, uh, while not necessarily linked per se, I think are very, uh, well, helpful to understand that there really are two Americas. These two stories a tale of, we could say, two Americans, one a congressman, the other a son of a sitting president, are, I think, examples of how (laughs) people are treated differently in the justice system. So let's start with this chronologically because I think that's probably the right thing to do here. George Santos Uh, charged with 13 felony counts, including uh, fraud, money laundering. He apparently, it is alleged, took unemployment benefits to the tune of $25,000, did not uh, disclose at the time that he was making money off of a consulting uh, business. So you can't do that kind of stuff. Now, if these allegations are true, he broke the law, and it is what it is, right? I mean, this is not a defense of George Santos. I I mean, I think this guy, uh, side note, I mean, from what I understand, he's a lying sack of human debris. I don't care he's a Republican. He's, he's, I don't even know if he's a Republican. He's an opportunist, and he's a, I mean, his lies were so, this this guy is, is, is an absolute sociopath. Now, people are chiming in uh, on the right about how this was overcharged and, and whatnot. There's some counts here that are for as little as $500, $600. I mean, a fraud is a fraud. What I care about is does the FBI, does the Department of Justice go after Republicans and Democrats the same way? Because a crime is a crime. And my problem is that if you believe half of what was laid out today, this morning in Washington, this House Oversight Committee, these $10 million flowing from China, from Romania, from Ukraine, all to various family members of Joe Biden, the money going between a variety of different LLCs, shuffling around, going to kids and grandkids. I mean, if you believe half of that to be true, which I certainly am telling you, I think that they still have a ways to go on this, but I think that they've got very strong evidence following the trail of money and how it moved around. If you believe half of that, there ought to be criminal charges. Well, what do we know about the Bidens? Well, we, we know for a, for a fact that there's a whistleblower that last week got whistleblower protection from Congress, was granted 
for him to come forward and say literally when it comes to, for example, the tax fraud case that was being investigated by the IRS, the IRS inspectors and the FBI, that that case was halted. Any other American, particularly, let's say, a guy like George Santos would already have been charged. But you have this FBI, this politicized crackpot agency with dangerously significant federal police powers selectively investigating and then the Justice Department selectively enforcing laws based on the political background status of the subject individual. And that, friends, is unacceptable. There's a reason why Lady Liberty is blind. Well, she's not blind. She's blindfolded, right? All is equal before her. That is what our justice system at least purports, aspires to to achieving, to being. That's not happening here. So I look at this, and by the way, it's a, you know this is what this is what came out this morning, right? So the Comer, James Comer, Republican Kentucky, comes out and says this was a giant influence peddling scheme. He is able to trace the money, right? They go to four or five different banks that these various businesses uh, did uh, banking with. The the wires that were going back and forth between these various entities uh, were were convoluted. Were done in a way to obfuscate their nature, their purpose, and their source. The Oversight Committee said in a memo that was released just before the presser that they held, said that the Biden family and its business associates created more than 20 companies and received more than 10 million from foreign nationals. Some of these payments could indicate attempts by the Biden family to peddle influence. Now, here's my, here's my simple take on it. I need somebody who's saying that this is nothing. If, if, the, if there's, because of course, that's what these spokespeople here for Biden are saying. This is just a whole lot of nothing. It's innuendo and, and that's that. Well, they're very confident, right? They know the Justice Department isn't gonna do anything about this. But for all those people that are saying this is nothing, I wanna understand what that $10 million was for. What was that for? Was it for, I guess, lobbying Joe Biden and Barack Obama? And if so, the people engaged in this, were they registered as foreign agents, as foreign lobbyists with the federal government? These are tough questions that these people can't answer. Oh, this is just made up. This is a bunch of hogwash. Okay, okay. Because lobbying in and of itself is permitted, but you have to follow rules. Remember, of course, Manafort, Paul Manafort, one of Trump's, uh, he was briefly his campaign manager, and he got into a load, because of course he's a Republican, and he's Trump's guy. So the uh, the special counsel there, Bob Mueller, uh, go, does a deep dive on Manafort, finds out that he has what? He's an unregistered foreign agent because he was also taking money from Ukraine and that he had some tax problems. He ended up going to jail. Why isn't that happening with Hunter Biden? 
And the simple reason is because his dad's president, the media is turning a blind eye to this. And because he's a Democrat. Not in any necessary particular order, but there it is. This is a scandal of epic proportion. Do not let anyone, even some conservatives out there, downplaying this. I mean, I could read you this. What, pulled it up here. What the elements of wire fraud is. If you're engaged in a fraudulent scheme and or you are looking to, you're trying to hide the source of funds or the, or the target or purpose of funds, those are all elements in a federal wire fraud indictment or in a, 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 a crime. So this is, I mean, th- th- there are crimes here. They have to be proven. Yes, you can't just m- make a flow chart like uh, we had here in the press conference, but they, they have it. They've got the banking info. And this is them just working on it for the last few months. I mean, it's only going to get worse from here. And remember, the committee here doesn't have the same powers that the FBI does send agents out to, uh, to, to knock on doors and under basically an equivalency of penalty of perjury, ask people questions. Uh, I, I mean, none of this, none of this would survive any kind of reasonable scrutiny. If this, if the tables were reversed and this was committed by Trump and his people, uh, there's no doubt heads would be rolling, people would be in jail. Trump people went to jail for less. Make no mistake about it. Taking a quick break, I'll take you through what what occurred on the Hill. But I'm telling you, it's a tale of two Americans. This is not an, an, an apologia or a, a, a defense of George Santos. If, I'll use the same Biden standard, if half the stuff they allege uh, about him is true, then he's a criminal, no doubt about it. We already know he's a serial liar. People also asking me what happens now with his seat. You know, the Republicans have only a very slim majority. I'll explain what happens. It's actually interesting getting into the rules. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. All right. Yes. What happens, by the way? Yeah. What happens if George Santos decides decides to stick it out? Um, this is a this is a question because, of course, Santos says he is absolutely not going anywhere. This is him earlier today. Said I will be giving them all, will be delivering all the finances of my company, uh, delivering all my finances to them to dispel uh, their their accusi- accusation against me. And again, you will not resign. I will not resign. Congressman, uh, did you... Okay. To be expected. So what happens? Well, essentially, right, he's declared himself a candidate for re-election, so he's already planning to run in the 2024 election. Members of Congress uh, have to run every two years. Uh, This is why being in Congress absolutely stinks. Uh, It's the worst. You're perpetually, uh, you know, basically raising money and and running. 
and then you're commuting to D.C. It is probably one of the worst jobs on the planet. I love it when people say, Sam, you should run for Congress. Right. This is a job for people who hate their wives and hate their kids. So I'm out. But um, the Senate is nice. Six years, every six years. I digress, though. So he has to, uh, he's going he's gonna to run for re-election. There's a primary. I don't know if he's got a primary opponent. But here's the scoop. Even a conviction by standing current House rules does not preclude a congressman for con- from continuing to serve in the House. That's it. So if you've been indicted or even convicted of a felony in the House of Representatives, uh, no rights or privileges are forfeited under the Constitution, statutory law, or even the rules of the House. Okay, so this um, it, now, if the only problem is, of course, <laughs> of course, is you're going to have a hard time voting. All right. <laughs> Do I need to explain why? Okay. Right. If there's a well, that was the whole thing, right? It was during COVID, you didn't have to be there in person. You could literally phone it in. Diane Feinstein comes came back to the Senate today, first time in three months. She was gone. Adios, amigo. She was uh, amiga. Excuse me. Yeah, now she's back and and uh, probably very with it. Anyway, point is, uh, pendency of the term uh, of of your jail term, it might be a little tricky to get uh, to the House to uh, to vote on important matters. Um, so what's what's the likelihood of of what's going to happen here? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you that the highest levels of the Republican Party, certainly Speaker McCarthy and others in House leadership, are frantically thinking of who they're going to run in that district. It's a district, by the way, that leans a touch Democrat. It is a district. Uh, George uh, Santos's district covers a little bit of Manhattan, has – I think uh, Long Island, Staten Island, parts of New York would consider New York City and greater New York City. Uh, it leans Democrat. So I think it's a plus three, plus four Democrat district. It's a district that Joe Biden carried in 2020. And it was considered an upset in 2022 that uh, Santos was able to, to win it. Now I'm, you know, I'm still perplexed at how he even wanted to begin with that this was not something that came up through normal vetting. You know, the people that, when you run for office, the first thing they do, if I've been in the rooms where candidates go, I, I want to run for office. And it's, okay, uh, well, first things first, let's run an oppo file on you, a research file. And, and I'm almost convinced the Democrats thought they would lose and just wanted to embarrass Republicans by not revealing any of the stuff that they had in the oppo file until the election was over. I, I wouldn't be surprised one iota if that was what occurred there. So anyway, uh, Santos can, can stay put. And almost certainly I cannot see him, if he were to get the nomination again for the Republican Party, I cannot see him getting reelected in the general. I don't even see Republicans wanting to reelect him. So at the highest levels of the Republican Party, they are planning an, an alternate who can carry this district win in 2024 um, and who can we run against him? Because as long as Santos doesn't give up and the dude has no shame, 
right? He's a serial liar. So there, under no I don't see him under any circumstances really giving up. And the Republicans need the votes because they're only up four in the House, four five votes in the House, and uh, and so every every beating heart that is on the Republican side of the aisle is gold. So if you're Speaker McCarthy, this is this is a nightmare of nightmares, a total mess. And meanwhile, you're sitting there, you're McCarthy, and and by the way, you're you're communicating with all these people that are on the House Oversight Chair, uh, the House Oversight Committee. You're talking to James Comer. You're talking to Byron Donalds. You're talking to all these people, and you're going, oh, what is this, all this stuff we're unearthing about the Bidens? And the FBI's over there yawning, and you have whistleblowers coming forward saying the Justice Department refused to charge people close to the president, that they're playing, oh, oh we've got, we have an independent independent U.S. attorney over there in Delaware. Yeah, independent, because why? He was appointed by Trump. He can't get fired by the attorney general. Of course, he could get fired tomorrow. He serves at the pleasure of the president. That's hardly an independent person. Friends, side note, even if you did charge these people and bring it to court in Delaware, certainly in D.C., you're never going to get a D.C. jury to convict anybody. Any Democrat, certainly Republicans all day long, but not a Democrat. 84, 85% registered Democrats in D.C. It is the swamp. The swamp protects itself. So in the minutes we have uh, remaining here, I just want to kind of take you through what this press conference is all about. Here at first hand, this is uh, James Comer announcing what they found, all the different family members, the little little cockroach Biden uh, people running around getting money from the scheme. Listen to this. Joe Biden's son, Joe Biden's brother, Joe Biden's brother's wife, Hunter Biden's girlfriend or Bo Biden's widow, however you want to <laughs> write that, Hunter Biden's ex-wife, Hunter Biden's current wife, and three children of the president's son and the president's brother. So we're talking about grandchildren, a grandchild. That's odd. Most people that work hard every day's grandchild doesn't get a wire from a foreign national or anything like that. So it is pretty weird, isn't it? It's a great question. By by the way, everybody's screaming, you haven't proven anything. You listen, give me an explanation here that survives logic to explain why these funds were sent around and also does that explanation match what is in the bank paperwork because of course if you initiate a wire and it's and you claim it's for x when in fact you're concealing the purpose of that wire that's an element of wire fraud and bank fraud you know i have to laugh as as i look at all this i think you get why the you get why the Bidens did this, right? They're looking over at the Clintons. <laughs> they're why they're looking at Bill and Hillary raking in a billion dollars from foreign nationals. They think, how do we get some of that? <laughs> only the Bidens are such amateurs. Look, the Clintons got in a billion dollars, and these fools only brought in ten million. Losers by every measure. 
Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The Woods Fried Show. I'll be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Bottom of the hour here on News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here, your host and Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Uh, Let me take a moment here and wish a very happy uh, birthday to my uh, dear friend, Ed Barner, who is now finally uh, seen the light uh, here in the last couple years and moved to Las Vegas from Los Angeles, another escapee from the from the Marxist state to our West. But I have a story here I want to want to share as part of this these birthday wishes. Ed is a occasionally you have somebody in your life that uh, is a as a is a profound influence uh, on you. And by the way, if you're a younger person, if you are and and we 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 have you listening, right? If you're in your teens, and you're in your early 20s. It ought to be your mission to seek these types of people out that are going to offer you wisdom, that are going to tell you the truth straight to your face, that are willing to invest in you. So I met Ed years ago. I was in high school. I was 16, and I was in in Prague in the in the Czech Republic. And uh, I was sitting at a, a church service, of all things, and a guy back of the room pipes up and says some cute comment. And... Uh, Ed is my, you know, he's my, just about my dad's age, but uh, he was there on business. He was uh, buying up and developing some properties, LA guy. And so of course I was, you know, I'm, I'm in Europe and when, when you're abroad in particular, you run into another guy who's not just from the States, but from roughly the same part of the, of the country that you're from, you, you strike up a conversation and I ended up doing a little bit of work for him, a little bit of translating and got to know him better over the years. I tell you, that I, a lot of what I have in my life, I credit to my friendship uh, with Ed and to, for <laughs> putting up with uh, his, you know, truth-telling. And I'll tell you this uh, part of this very important. There are countless times where a friend like Ed, a mentor like Ed, will tell you things that you don't want to hear. And the reason you don't want to hear it, and you only realize this, folks, when you're, when you're a little bit older and you have some maturity. But when you're young, the reason you don't want to hear it um, is because you don't want to change. Change is difficult. Becoming a better version of yourself is tough. It's not easy. And somebody comes along and says, hey, well, you're not your best version of yourself. You're lazy or this, that, and the other. And, and let me tell you what you ought to be doing. And, 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 it, and the first reaction, of course, is to tell the person to buzz off. And that's the problem, actually, with youth today. Young people uh, want it easy. And, and by the way, if you are a young person and you are, uh, you're not like that, I got to tell you, it's it's like stealing candy from a baby out there because your peers are absolute losers, a lot of them, unfortunately. 
and it's not even their fault we talk about it extensively here it's 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 the parents and in this case now even the grandparents right it's been going on for a while but uh but but nonetheless so so a very happy birthday to to my friend ed um ed was ed worked in the nixon white house has great stories He's met every sitting president i think every sitting president certainly knew well all the republican ones friends with Reagan. I mean, this is a guy who's who's lived like 10 lifetimes in one, maybe more. And um, and it's just, uh, if you have an opportunity to have somebody like an Ed in your life, uh, do it. Seek it out, in fact, because it can change the entire trajectory of your future. Happy birthday, Ed. Love you. All right. Biden's. My God, what a bunch of criminal fiends these people are. In the press conference today, led by Representative James Comer, Republican Kentucky, uh, the committee here, the um, uh, House Oversight Committee, laid out the money trail going from the Chicoms, from the Ukrainians, from the uh, who else? Romanians, a whole bunch of foreign entities all wanting to do business with the U.S. and gain influence. Money trickling through to at least at this point nine known family members of the then vice president. Now, this is, again, I mentioned before, this is huge. I mean, these people are not registered as foreign agents. They don't have any history of lobbying. These are people that are this is the brother of the president, the son of the president a friend of the president, a grandchild of the president, <laughs> kids. All the women were getting paid, right? The, 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 the significant others. The widow of, of Bo Biden, who then was the side chick for Hunter. I mean, this is a, the whole thing is an embarrassment. And also on top of it, a criminal enterprise. Representative Byron Donalds, Republican Florida, is talking about the LLCs involved and uh, here he is uh, describing it. You have Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Advisors, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, RSP Holdings, RSTP2 Alpha, RSTP2 Bravo, Rosemont Seneca Thornton, Rosemont Seneca Bohio, and the list goes on and on. Cycling through this many companies serves no legitimate purpose. And as somebody who actually worked in banking, I did that long before I came here. Whenever there was like this many companies just laying all over the place and you see wire transfers and cashier checks over here going to random members of the family for no apparent purpose at the size and velocity at which all of this was being conducted, the only logical conclusion of a financial professional is you are concealing money from either the IRS or from credit agencies or from other people in general. And that, none of those things is particularly helpful, particularly not when you're getting the money from, from foreign powers and you're the sitting vice president. Now, what they did not prove here, it's very important, they didn't necessarily prove that, or they didn't say that they had this info tying transfers directly to Joe Biden. But come on. His wife was getting money. <laughs> I mean, right? Community property, anybody? They have funds going to his wife. That's right, Dr. Jill Biden. Doctor. 
what did we have? Who all was focused on? Okay, let's go through all the Trump investigations. You had the Mueller investigation. Okay, that went through everything. Then you had Letitia James. You had the New York State Attorney General look into Trump. Uh, there have been others. Uh, my point being is at the end of the day, do you know what they found out about the, you know what they got Trump on? Paying hush money from his one of his own entities to a porn star who he allegedly screwed. That's what they got him on. Oh, and oh, they got his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, they got him for what? For cons- for characterizing personal expenses as business expenses, which I'm you look at any larger, even smaller company, and you're you're going to find that, folks. All right. Some some school tuition and lease payments on cars and that kind of thing. They looked at Trump with a magnifying glass. They used multiple state agencies, investigatory agencies to look into Trump, and that's all they got. I'm I said it at the time, and I'll say it again now. I'm actually amazed how little they dug up on Trump. Because I expected, honestly, the Trump org to be to play a, a lot faster and a lot looser uh, with uh, with his business records. So anyway, uh, but of course that didn't stop people from saying, "Well, wait, wait, wait a minute, Trump Trump had a bunch of entities. He had a bunch of LLCs. This was nothing unusual." So Byron Donalds answers that question at the press conference this morning, and I think he's spot on. The former president actually had a business, very big business. You could say it was his name. You could say it was his buildings. You could say it was wine. You could say it was branding. You could say it was The Apprentice. But he had a very big and legitimate business, which everybody in this room clearly knows and understands and can point to and say, ah, that's the thing, that thing over there. Joe Biden has no business except his position in politics. And it is the requirement of this committee to investigate that. We're going to continue to do that, and we're going to let the facts speak for themselves. <laughs> Bingo! What business, or should I say bidness, is the Biden the Biden family bidness? There, we've we've coined a new term. What is their business? Their only business is they got they got old Carcass Joe up there, who's uh, who was then vice president. Who they, you know, could 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 shuffle out from the cupboard every once in a while to sit down at the meeting and uh, at the Naval Observatory, which is the official residence of the Vice President of the United States, now inhabited by the laughing hyena Kamala Harris, and they shuffle him out and, and meet meet a you know meet a business person from China or a a you know an in industry um, uh, fuel energy industry executive from Ukraine or whatever. And um, and there it is, right? And and then he would disappear again, and then they'd go, okay, now you're going to pay us some money. What a scam. And yes, it's violative of federal law, and there's elements of this that, that sometimes, by the way, you, you, could, you could almost get away with this if you did it cleanly. But I'm not certain that they did it cleanly. Remember, remember, remember this. The whole reason this is coming out is because the, guy who is one of the linchpin people people that is putting this thing together for for biden is hunter and hunter at this point his teeth are falling out because he he smokes so much crack what happens with people and you know this well because unfortunately and i've i I, many of you have experience with 
loved ones or business partners or uh, employees, key employees who, who go down the path of drugs, you, you realize how careless they get in every respect. If you guys think that the only careless thing that Hunter did was let his laptop get discovered, then, then, then you're probably on the same stuff he was on. That wasn't his one careless move. And these moves will doom Joe Biden. Let me tell you. Um, by the way, side note, remember when Obama said, don't underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up? He said the full word. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Those words ring so true. Now it probably makes more sense why Obama was none too keen on Joe Biden being um, a candidate, a Democratic Party candidate for president. Ha, wonder why. He knew all of this stuff was going on. I guarantee it. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here. Welcome back to the program. Yes, I am here. By the way, in between these breaks, uh, I, I do show prep, and I also... You know, I have to keep an eye on my day job because the What's Right show, that's what I do 1 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday here on News Talk 840 KXNT. And we get a little bit of time together to talk politics and current events. But then during the day, of course, I'm a I'm a lawyer uh, for the balance of the time. So so my partner, Ash, from Sam and Ash Injury Law, just sent me this. You know, I know that I get this all the time. First off, you know, are you two married? No, uh, we're not married. Uh, very good friends. Uh, also, they, they think that Ashley is like some kind of, uh, I don't know, like like young and blonde and whatever. And, and uh, you, what people do not understand is that actually she's the real lawyer here. So she um, – I can't talk a lot about it, but she just sent me something that I have to share with you. It's <laughs> a fabulous story. <laughs> so Ashley and um, a, a, a friend and colleague of ours, uh, they uh, co-chaired a, a, a case. They had a uh, – a big lawsuit against UCLA. This is a uh, our colleague, uh, Gerald Gillick. Jerry Gillick is a legal legend here in Las Vegas and one of the top medical malpractice lawyers uh, that I've ever I've ever interacted with. And, and Jerry's uh, been here a, a long time in Vegas. And we we work on a number of cases together. So him and him and Ash uh, had this big drawn out medical malpractice case, and they got a little bit over two million on it. It's a phenomenal result. Uh, but there was a previous lawyer. I talk about this all the time. How there, you know, you got you got to one. If you ever get hurt, start off with a good lawyer. Two, if you suddenly find yourself having a bad feeling about the lawyer that you have, switch. Get a new lawyer. It's never too late to get a good lawyer. So, what happened in this case? Uh, I got to be kind of careful about it. what happened. Is basically the client had a had a uh, medical malpractice uh, thing happen to him and he hired a lawyer and these this lawyer um, ran up an enormous amount of expenses against his case to the point where the if you can believe it the legal fees were almost as much as the entire settlement and so we had to go through this entire fiasco with getting a a, a mediation arbitration done for for fees just to figure out how much of this lien was valid. And I'm, <laughs> I haven't read it yet because I only had two minutes or three minutes during the break to do it. 
but the decision just came down and these previous lawyers got destroyed by the arbitrators absolutely destroyed so uh looks like we got almost our full fee on this uh and um and some of these lawyers one got a little bit of money eight percent it looks like and and some of these people were um were were basically left left out to dry and and it is apparently how many pages is a lot of pages I, i i have i have to read this after the show but apparently this is an absolute um scorcher according to ashley she said it was a absolutely brutal read for them and that we uh we came out great so congratulations again uh i tell you if you ever are forget me you don't need me you need ash because she's one hell of a lawyer we're a great team sam and ash injury law that's what i do here during the day when i'm not on air with you so at any rate there it is uh uh let's see here Okay, yes, well, here's the problem with the whole thing. By the way, the Biden, I want to finish this up before we get to the top of the hour. Biden, the committee came out, one of the important things that they mentioned is how Biden has consistently denied publicly, now this isn't a crime, of course, lying to the public as a politician is legal. I want to emphasize that it's legal, but it ought to be disqualifying. When a lie is of this epic proportion, here is Comer describing uh, Representative James Comer describing how Biden basically uh, lied about this from top, start to finish. Instead of being with, honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements, showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. Yeah, this is uh, exactly it. I didn't get any money from China. Well, okay, your wife did. Your wife did. Maybe not to a joint account, but to an account that she controls as your spouse. This is this is scandalous, not to mention illegal. Now, the Romania connection and this actually being a case for bribery, something that former um, uh, House Oversight Chair Jason Chaffetz, uh, who is now a uh, commentator uh, on Fox News, uh, talked about. And he's he's got an he's got a point here. If you look at the money and the size, particularly in China, we're talking about people with direct ties to the highest levels of the Chinese government, where Hunter Biden is involved and engaged in securing, for instance, one of the biggest cobalt mines in the world. So Joe Biden goes with Hunter Biden to China in 2013, and less than two weeks after they returned from that trip, suddenly Hunter Biden gets all of this money? Are are you kidding me? I mean, what other evidence do we need of treason? And there you have it, right? If this was a Republican president Every one of these Democrats downplaying this now would be screaming at the top of their lungs for impeachment. Chaffetz continues. This guy in, in, in Romania was convicted of bribery. And so he engages the U.S. firm, just happens to be Hunter Biden, to lean on the Department of Justice 
to make sure that they can reduce the sentencing and the, uh, the, uh, the uh, prosecution there in Romania. Louis Free, the former FBI director under Clinton, says thank you to Hunter Biden and as a thank you, he deposits $100,000 into the Biden grandkids account. What other evidence does the media need and does Congress need? If they just brush this under the rug, Jason Chaffetz continues, and don't pay any attention to it, and don't ask the president, that White House press room should erupt. Yeah, it should. But will it? Probably not. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You uh, are listening to The What's Right Show. I will be back. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome, friends. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism Monday through Friday here on News Talk 840 KXNT. We're here 1 to 3 p.m. And listen, two hours of of radio go by pretty quickly. Sometimes, you know, you're in the car, you're out of the car, you're, you're around the radio or you're not. Perhaps streaming on the Odyssey app, that is also uh, easy to do. But if you miss any portion of the show, go to the podcast because, you know, we do cover a lot here. It is a dense two hours. And as a consequence, I think I, you know, I always recommend the podcast. Download it, you know, easily. You can, whatever app you use, it's 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 there. You look for What's Right Show, click to subscribe, follow us, and then every time a new episode posts, which is roughly a couple hours after we're on air, there it is for you for your listening pleasure. Now, news today here uh, in Las Vegas of uh, something this was expected, uh, but uh, former Raiders player Henry Ruggs, who of course was uh, accused. Uh, of a fatal DUI crash that killed a 23-year-old woman named Tina Tinter and her and her dog. Just an awful deal. We've been following this case. Uh, he has now officially, this morning, uh, entered a guilty plea uh, in district court. So he's uh, he's playing, uh, pleading guilty to two uh, chan- uh, counts. Uh, there's a felony count of DUI resulting in death and a misdemeanor charge of vehicular manslaughter. Uh, I, you know, this, this plea I, I, is a function of two things. One, the evidence, uh, despite his lawyer's best efforts to have evidence tossed, uh, all, the, all the bad stuff is coming in. And I, I also think, I was talking to my, my law partner, Ash Watkins of Sam and Ash Injury Law, and we were talking about this case, and one thing that she reminded me of that you're not going to see here in, in the RJ as they're talking about the story is that he, that Ruggs had a passenger. His his ladybird uh, was in the car. And and as I remember, um, and Ashley reminded me of this, she was injured in the accident too. And so what they're doing, they're, they're agreeing here too to not further charge him for her injuries. And, and this prevents her from then testifying and further incriminating him. So... He's listen. There, David Chesnoff and 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 Richard Schoenfelder, uh, they're These are the two best criminal 
lawyers in town. Uh, Ruggs got the best of the best, but here I think that they're looking for a uh, for a resolution that uh, you know that that is the best that they can possibly get under these circumstances. And not going through a trial, I think here is probably best for everybody. I would expect a jail term that goes several years. I, I predict somewhere well because. There's a there's a three to ten years for a single DUI felony count. Um, you, you can get up to twenty years in prison, uh, but apparently there's a there's a there's some kind of agreement here with the prosecutors that he's going to serve three to ten. I I don't know. I think the number, I think the number could be eight. It could end up eight years, and so there eight is a big difference from from twenty. So for everybody asking why is he pleading guilty, there you have it. Um, eight or even three or five is a lot less than 20. And he almost certainly, I think, given the evidence in this case, would have been convicted. Absolutely uh, devastating story here. And a reminder, folks, uh, you know, slow down out there. Pay attention. And I, a side note to this of driving, because, of course, this is my department, and I, I deal with a lot of accidents here in town. I could, let me tell you, one thing I am seeing an increase of is road rage. Now, this didn't play a role in in, in Rugg's case and the and the death of Tina Tinter, but 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 road rage it is it is out of control. And whenever I'm in an Uber, I always ask because an Uber driver will drive a lot more than I do, and I do a fair amount of driving around town. But I will always ask my Uber driver, how much road rage are you dealing with? And is it worse now than it's ever been? And the answer is yes and yes. It's bad and it's the worst it's been and it's on the rise. And I think, I still think it's a post-COVID thing. I think we all got cooped up and angry uh, when, when, when COVID was going on. And now the traffic is awful and every street here, for those of you who are listening outside of Las Vegas, Forgive me. This is a little bit of inside baseball here. But Vegas, every street that I use to get anywhere I need to be, for whatever reason, is either closed, blocked off, partially closed, or dug up. And even all my cool, you know, kind of back roads, like ways to get around congested areas, those are all messed up too. This confirms, of course, the longstanding gag that Nevada's official or unofficial state flower is the orange traffic cone. Uh, But it's more true now than it ever has been, and it's because there's all this federal money because of COVID that came to the state, and it's a use it or lose it scenario. So the state goes, oh, well, the city and everybody goes, okay, we're going to use it. So the state, the county, right, the city, they're all digging everywhere and doing everything all at once. And the folks at Las Vegas Paving are making a mint. If you work for Las Vegas Paving, man, you have it made in the shade, even if you have to work out there all summer with hot tar in the sun. Now, speaking of a dicey summer that's bound to be hot and miserable for thousands upon thousands of migrants crossing the border, yesterday I mentioned just in one place in El, pa- El Paso, they're having as many as 1,500 um, migrants come in through a, a one spot in the border. Now I'm seeing that overall, the southern border has at least 13,000 illegal crossings per day. 
These are staggering numbers. By the way, developing about an hour or so ago, news reports that the folks over in Texas, I mean, they, can you just imagine having that long of a border with Mexico that everybody wants to cross and where the federal government is doing next to nothing to support you. And incidentally, this is no knock on the Border Patrol. I'm not, I'm not singling out the Border Patrol. It's the politicians. It's the Biden administration who ran on a platform of criticizing Trump and his efforts to dissuade illegal immigration, called it racist, called all of us all sorts of foul names for supporting a tighter, a less porous, a more secure border. And now, frustrated by efforts, is you saw the latest, right? Well, the f- first bit of news is... is, is uh, s- Texas is sending, uh, basically is, is, is sending um, uh, troops down there. They're showing up in riot gear. The National Guard has deployed um, significant deployments today in Texas. They've had enough. Now, today, Title uh, 42, which is the Trump-era pandemic uh, public health restriction plan, became a key tool to uh, uh, part of the remain in Mexico policy, to turn migrants back at the U.S. border, uh, sorry, it expires tomorrow. Uh, it's because the uh, federal government uh, is ending its COVID emergency. This was a uh, – Trump did a little bit of an end run here because, of course, he couldn't get uh, backing uh, from Congress on this. So what, what he did is he said, well, we got COVID going on. And as part of you know the, the, the exigent circumstances of COVID, the COVID emergency, we are going to keep uh, people from entering the country. And basically suspend the standard practices of taking them in and processing them and sending them back. They just said, we, you're out, boom, send them, send them back, repelling them right at the border as much as possible. So this accounts, by the way, the, the Title 42 has been used to expel, we believe, approximately 2.8 million um, uh, people. It's been used that many times. Now, these people, some of these might be repeat crossers so uh you got to remember biden saying when he ran for president say we're going to end all this evil bad trump stuff we're going to end it all this title 42 and using this is just inhumane and he said this publicly and good folks in mexico are you know maybe you don't watch what's going on in mexico because it doesn't really matter to you which is fine uh, but trust me, the people down in Mexico, they, when they look at their evening news, I, every time I'm in Mexico City and I, I'm, I turn on the local news and, you know, in Spanish and I'm, I'm watching it, and there's a whole segment always of what's going on in the north, right? What's going on in the U.S. So they're watching the news and they see Biden up there. I won and we're going to be more humane at the border. And guess what the coyotes do, the smugglers? They make more money smuggling. They need humans crossing the border. They get money from that. They also use those humans, of course, to transport drugs. So what they use is they take Biden's messaging. They use Biden's rhetoric and they use it to advertise their business, right? They say, look, it's, it's, it's a totally different deal now. It's Biden's in there, no more. The orange man is gone. Now they're using Title 42, the end of that, to convince more people that the door is open. So it's gonna get bad. It's gonna get bad before it gets worse. And I saw... A fascinating story today that uh, basically Biden is looking to do a U-turn 
on uh, on his on his immigration stance and, and and realizes he has to get tough and he's actually proposing he's actually proposing to do some of the same things that uh, that Trump was doing that he criticized Trump for that he ostensibly ran against Trump on key issues. Now, CNN is saying, well, the Biden administration has been preparing for this all along and everything. And, 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 and oh, and the best part is the, the White House, of course, say this, is, this problem isn't anything new. This isn't a new problem. Listen to this. The president said it's going to be chaotic for a while. Can you define what that timeline means? Is it days, weeks, or months? And given that you all have had years to prepare and we've been hearing about the work you've been doing on diplomatic issues and deterrence and processing speed, is that expected chaos of failure given that you've known this was coming? So let's be very clear here. Um, the pre president has been dealing with a system that has been broken for decades. So I want to be very clear about that uh, since day one. He put in, he put forth a comprehensive immigration uh, uh, plan, legislation, and he is using the tools that are in front of him to deal with the challenge that we're seeing at the border. Uh, this is total nonsense, right? None of this is true. I mean, yes, and I don't, she, did she say for a decade or for decades? I think she kind of misspoke there. I think it's, the border has been a problem for decades, yes. But Biden it is numerically far worse off. Maybe Biden should have spent less time using the tools at his disposal, attacking border patrol agents, attacking Trump, attacking any efforts for territorial integrity in the United States and should have just enforced existing immigration law. He didn't use tools at his disposal. He used his ability to direct agencies under his control to relinquish power over the border in an effort to encourage more people to come over because by Democrats' calculus, the more people they come over from Mexico, the more voters they have, and it's a building of a political base. It is absolutely that nakedly transparent to everyone with half a brain. And now the chickens are coming home to roost, quite literally. Uh, and, and the untold death and destruction that will occur this summer, I, it is devastating. If you care about human beings, this ought to just absolutely disgust you. Friends, I'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show, powered by Salmon Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve a lawyer that shares your values. Be back in a moment. Friends, there's a story that is circulating around, and I thought I would mention it here because I think, uh, of course, this could be something that happens to any one of us. Well, maybe not me because I'm a deeply skeptical person, but you never know. Sam Urjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Uh, a gal here is making news, Katie Calloway, 31 years old. She claims to be tech-savvy. And a customer, longtime customer, banking customer of Wells Fargo. Now, what happened to her is she got a phone call, first a text to her cell phone, and then a phone call. Uh, both of these came from a, a number she recognized belonging to Wells Fargo. And these 
this number, uh, this, this, this phone call came through and, and said, a guy goes, hey, we have a, would like to confirm a couple of recent charges on your, uh, on your debit card. Now your debit card, folks, your debit card is linked to your checking account. Your debit card is the single most dangerous thing you have in your wallet. Honestly, and I'm guilty of this because you know I, I, I occasionally I need my debit card to pull out cash, but you really shouldn't carry your debit card around. And you definitely, 1,000% should never use your debit card for any purchases. Put your purchases on a credit card, pay that credit card off every month in full, if you can't pay it off in full, you've spent too much money, okay? But what you absolutely want to do is, is not be in a position where you're carrying around your debit card, certainly not using it for purchases because your debit card gets scammed, you're not protected, right? So what happened to this lady is she gets a call, looks like Wells Fargo, really nice professional sounding guy is on the other end. says, hey, I just, hey, did you have a, did you go to Target? Did you go to, did you spend $42 at, at uh, you know, at, at uh, I don't know, Crack Shack, whatever it was. No, 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 I don't recognize those charges, the woman says. He goes, well, okay, I'm going to need you to confirm this. Send me a, uh, I'm going to send you a text. I just need you to click to confirm. And, and so she does that. The guy on the other end was not calling from Wells Fargo. He was a fraudster. And what she uh, was agreeing to, uh, unbeknownst to her, was a 4200 wire to the fraudsters uh, liquidating everything she had in her checking account. Gone. Poof. Just like that. Called the Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo's like, eh, sorry. I, I can't can't do anything. You you authorized this wire. Now I have a couple comments. First of all, there's gonna be a lawsuit here. Absolutely. By the way, there's a uh there already is a lawsuit uh against uh basically Wells Fargo and a, and a few other banks by a woman named Janine Satterfield. Now, Satterfield, this name might sound familiar. I don't know. It's a, not a relative of the housekeeper at the uh, uh, Murdoch house, okay? So this, this is a gal who's a niece of a guy, and he basically had, had a variety of scams perpetrated against him by outside fraudsters, and she's alleging that basically the bank allowed allowed these frauds to take place. Now, when I do, see, I don't bank with a big bank. And this is why it terrifies me to see all these big banks as a consequence of the Federal Reserve messing around with our economy, gobbling up all these small independent banks. Because when you bank at a small bank, when it's not Wells Fargo, guess what? You send a wire, a lady calls you, in my case, somebody calls me that knows me. I know her voice. She's calling I have to initiate a wire by, by sending an email, filling out a form. Very difficult to, uh, to defraud me that way. But all these big banks are automating everything. Oops, send a text message, send this, send that. And these, these fraudsters are, are, are very savvy. So I have a couple of pointers for you. Uh, one I already told you, do not carry your debit card if you can help it. You're going to say, well, but I don't want to carry around too much cash. It's better to lose $200 in cash than it is to lose your debit card. I'll tell you that right now in most cases. But the other thing is 
just because you get a phone call and then you recognize the caller ID, caller ID can be spoofed very easily right now, very easily. So if you're not sure if it's the bank, call the go. Okay, um, let me call you guys back, and you call them back. And if it's verifying a fraudulent transaction, that's fine. That's easy. You just hang up, call. Banks will will fast track your call to a to the people when you're when you're when you're when you've got a fraud problem. But do not just start giving your personal information over the phone to somebody just because they called you and are saying some of the right things. Absolute nonsense. Don't do it. All right. I'm going to talk about DEI next. Diversity, equity, inclusion. Most un-American thing on the planet. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. You're listening to The What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservative news analysis. Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. here on this station. Also on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So we've got the stream. We've got the, the signal, the radio signal. That, By the way, uh, I, sometimes I listen to the station well if I'm driving to California, for example. The signal uh, stays with me for the first half of the drive. So it's – I know we've got listeners who listen uh, using their radios uh, in California. No doubt about it. By the way, great to have you with us. Uh, and when you have enough with California, please come to Vegas. We want more like-minded folks coming here and uh, increasing <laughs> increasing the sanity numbers here. Now balance out the other Californians come over. By the way, just before the break, I was talking about this terrible fraud that happened to this woman who got a call ostensibly from Wells Fargo. It was not Wells Fargo. It was a fraudster sent her a text to confirm something. She clicked on the text, and then it siphoned four grand from her checking account. Wells Fargo called her up and called her back and said, so sorry, but you authorized it, so we're not going to refund you your money. Too bad, so sad. And by the way, they also charged her a $20 wire fee. What a, what a bunch of... Mm. Now, yesterday in the news, by the way, it also came out that... Uh, a little problem. Wells Fargo Vice President, maybe this is why they're not paying attention to their customers. Wells Fargo Vice President Carl Nelson apparently gave female subordinate unwanted sexual massages, invited her to exercise and shower with him. (laughs) Well, listen, maybe Wells Fargo needs to get back to taking care of its customers and doing the right thing instead of uh, this kind of horse crap. Anyway, there it is. Now, what I want to talk to you folks about is I saw this fabulous piece, op-ed piece written for the Wall Street Journal by Scott Gerber. Now, what caught my eye was a reference to a Czech writer, Franz Kafka. No, the other thing that caught my eye. The other thing that caught my eye was that this guy is a law school professor. Now, I'm a lawyer. Uh, I went to law school. I had – I went to a great law school. In my opinion, I went to Chapman Law, uh, now the Fowler – uh, Fowler School of Law, but it, it nonetheless, uh, Chapman University, Orange, California. It was a great school. 
uh, because I really had, I got a quality legal education there. Also where I met Ash Watkins. So the Sam and Ash story was born at Chapman Law. And by the way, if you visit campus at Chapman Law, uh, we're very grateful for our humble beginnings there. And there is a student lounge there that is the Sam and Ash student lounge. You can visit that and you can, I don't know if they've got a picture of us up. I don't know. But there is also a little rec room off to the side of the student lounge. And that is Rocky's rec room named after Rock, uh, Rocky uh, Rockford Watkins, who was Ashley's miniature long hair, uh, short hair dachshund, excuse me. So anyway, a little bit of background here. I pay attention to these stories from law professors because I remember from law school, there's all sorts of professors, right? But there's really two groups. There's the professors that that are just really good at what they do and they do not get caught up in the politics. And then there's the professors who are very caught up in the politics and they're typically, they are the ones who are absolutely worthless at teaching. Well, this guy sounds like, I don't know anything about him. I'm reading the story and it just sounds like he is a, a very reasonable guy. Seems like he might be a little bit of a uh, conservative guy. Friday, April 14th, he is in his classroom at Ohio Northern University when campus security walk into his classroom and with his students present, take him, basically instruct him there on the spot to go with, for him to go with them to the dean's office. Now, the dean of the law school is the head of the law school, right? So that's like the, 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 the main authority in, in a school of law or in any academic school within a university. Armed police from the city's police force, followed him down the hallway. His students, he says, appeared shocked and frightened. He admits to being frightened a little bit himself. And they um, told him basically that he was being Im immediately barred from teaching. He could not step foot on uh, the campus. And if he didn't sign a separation agreement and release of claims, uh, basically within two weeks, the school would uh, commence dismissal proceedings against him on the grounds of, wait for it, collegiality. Now, what he gets to in this piece is that this collegiality thing has to do with his opinions, particularly him expressing contempt for diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. The school, he writes... ONU is aggressively pushing these DEI programs. This man writes, quote, I have objected publicly as vice chairman of the university council, an elected faculty governance body, and in newspaper op-eds and on television to DEI efforts that don't include viewpoint diversity and would lead to illegal discrimination in employment and admissions. Yep, there you go. So he took a stand. That same week, he was led out of his classroom by police and security. And uh, by the way, that was the same week that he also had published an op-ed defending Justice Clarence Thomas and his right to have friends, even ones that are maybe a little wealthy. He had given two weeks prior a TV interview criticizing DEI programs that discriminate against white men in the name of, quote, racial and social justice. 
And uh, apparently the school, uh, for all its talk about viewpoint diversity, doesn't want to hear from him. They are firing him. They're frog-marching him out of the school. By the way, he's a, what, 63 years old. This is um, – I think he hired a lawyer. This is good because I think he's got an age discrimination case. He's got – depends on the state you're in, but apparently in the state here in Ohio – yeah, in Ohio, you, uh, you need to – if you're over 40, you need to be given a minimum of 21 days to consider a, separ- consider a separation agreement. So you have time to consult with a lawyer, and he's 62. So the school is, by the way, funny enough, the school is violating law designed to protect older workers, a, a traditionally discriminated against group of individuals, all because they don't like him for being a conservative and they consider his viewpoints to be a messy fly in the ointment of an otherwise well-oiled shakedown machine. Now, the reference to Kafka, he writes in this thing, is uh, from the story of uh, uh, Joseph K., Joseph K., the trial, who, a man who was arrested and prosecuted, and there's kind of this, this hidden, mysterious, inaccessible authority. The guy doesn't know what crime he's been charged with. It's not revealed to him. And, uh, and he basically says he feels like the character in that, in that story. Now, my point here is, with all of this, is, 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 is first off, if, for instance, uh, this is, this goes hand in hand with so much that's going on in our, in our two particular places. Corporations, large, big corporations, and our universities. They are the, they are the most, uh, they are the most afflicted with this DEI cancer. You remember, if we're going to talk about law schools, remember Stanford? Remember how they had a, well, a Trump-appointed federal judge come in and get shouted down? One of the deans, the diversity dean was in there, and she participated in the shouting down. And then, of course, the, the dean, the head dean of the law school got up and, and took a stand for his free speech, you know, because, of course, all eyes were on him. And then... It links also together with the whole reason why we have this Bud Light disaster. By the way, news today. Yesterday I told you, this is how fast it's developing. Yesterday I told you because I was looking at the stock price. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, overall the company's been doing well, right? It's it's Bud Light. But now I read uh, just this morning that the other brands, so not just Bud Light, but it's bleeding over. The controversy is costing uh, volume sales for other uh, products that are part of the Anheuser-Busch line. Total disaster. But I explained to you that the same reason that these schools are pursuing professors who are telling the truth, who are who have an opposing viewpoint, right? Hashtag, you know, viewpoint diversity. The same reason these companies are pushing this is that there is a perverse inside incentive for companies. It's the Corporate Equality Index, it's called CEI. There's a score that you get. It's overseen by the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest LGBTQ political lobbying group in the world. Giant leftist cabal of kooks. All right. George Soros is a big uh, funder. All right. And they, what they do is they basically give you a score. And one of the tough things is, is that, you know, if you want to, it's, I, mean, I know it's, they deny that it's an issue, but 
the U.S. News and World Report ranks law schools. They rank colleges. They look at this diversity stuff and got to play this game. If you want funding, if you want federal funding, if you want to score well on the U.S. News and World Report, if you want rankings, if you want all the goody, goody, good stuff, you got to play the game with the liberals. It is a total shakedown scam. It's nothing different than what the flippin' Sopranos did in that show. Going door to door from businesses and demanding, you know, demanding pay to play, and it, 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 because there's there's a there's a profit incentive in it, and the only way it stops is when we say, like we did with Bud Light, and like we do with some of these schools, we say, yeah, I'm not sending my kids. There. I'm not giving you tuition money. F you, g- g- climb a wall. That's what that's what has to happen. We have a lot more power than we realize. That's going to take a while. Getting them out of my goodness, getting getting these DEI people out of colleges, it's going to take an exorcism. I'm telling you. All right, Sam Rojofsky, <laughs> News Talk 840. <laughs> Sorry, let me do that again. Sam Rojofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Be back in a moment. Welcome back. Sam Rojofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, yeah, I, I, speaking of U-turns, right? Biden's doing one on the border. Uh, apparently now Gavin Newsom is doing one on these uh, reparations. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> he, at, well, he's, well, he's getting a bit of sticker shock is what's happening. The California uh, Reparations Board uh, made a, made, has come to its conclusions, right? That this is uh, something that they need to do. They need to may put these reparations out there. They've put a, a, a dollar figure on it. And it's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars of cost to the state of California. And it's funny to me because if you'll recall the timing of it all, this panel was established during the summer of George when the BLM protests were in full bloom. And every left-wing Democrat politician was making his and her or her best efforts uh, to get out there and to, um, to, to push these, this, these, these woke agenda items. And they were, you know, they were doing it, uh, uh, they were doing it uh, prolifically. So, so basically what happened was is a, a Governor Newsom, our neighbor governor next door, gets up there during during that uh, 2020 and goes, this, this is great, we're going to do reparations, we're going to do, and everybody's like, oh, it's fabulous, it's great, it's great. And I think in the back of his mind, he thought this thing is never going to see the light of day. The problem is, is it's seeing the light of day just as there is, I think, a significant, not, a, not an overpowering, not a majority, but a, a sizable chance, right, that at any given moment, the field opens up for 2024 in terms of the presidency, right? Biden, I don't know, Biden's not long for the world. So he could, you know, he, he, could, he could last another 10 years or he could last another 10 days. Uh, if you're an actuarial uh, person over at a life insurance company, you're, 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 it's closer to 10 days than 10 years. And what I mean by this, why is this relevant to, uh, to the governor of, of, of California is that Gavin Newsom is the 
or at least thinks of himself as the leading contender to take the Democrats' uh, mantle and, and to, to run. And he's declared himself that he would – he said, I'm going to run. If Biden is out, I'm running. I'm just not going to run against Biden. And so it's, it's – he's, he's thinking in the back of his head, you know, I, I'm presidential material. How is this going to play? Because while I think, I think, I think maybe in New York, Manhattan, in parts of Massachusetts, in parts of Washington State, in Oregon, you have, uh, you have some sympathies to this. San Francisco, of course, they're, they're pushing, I think, $5 million per, uh, per, per victim, quote-unquote, right? I've, we've gone through that. It's just it's crazy, but... I think outside of these left-wing areas, outside of blue cities, not a lot of support for reparations being paid, particularly not to people who are descendants of folks who were done wrong. Nowhere else, side note here, and I'm saying this as a lawyer, nowhere else really is there an example of that in the law where I can collect on behalf of a wrong or an injury committed uh, upon uh, a trespass of sorts done uh, to a, a relative of mine. By the way, you get in a you get in a car accident and and you were grievously injured. Uh, you and you you've got an injury claim, right? But if you pass away before your day in court, uh, it your, your case is over. If your death came as a result of the accident, then your uh, your Remaindermen, right? Your heirs can file a, a claim of, of, of wrongful death, but your injury claim is gone. It extinguishes with your uh, with the end of your existence on this earth. So the idea that again people are being paid reparations for, um, a, 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 I'm no doubt gross injustices. But most of these people who are eligible for this are, are not didn't 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 suffer any of those things directly, and they'll claim that they of course did that these this is the residue of racism that's out there, and that's that's what what's makes this makes all this so particularly repulsive. But the people who actually suffered racism actually suffered discrimination. Uh, those people, are, for the most part, are long gone. So again, this is an idea of, of 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 giving money to their grandkids. But of course, if you're if you're the Bidens, you know you 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 give money to the grandkids, even though they've got nothing to do with selling energy to you know Burisma, uh, giving money to Burisma and others in in Ukraine or uh, or China or Romania or wherever. So I, I guess that I guess the Biden crime family uh, little family tree, the trickle down tree of of bank wires uh is is consistent with the with the concept of, of reparations being paid to people who who didn't didn't i don't know didn't earn it i guess would be the way of of saying it coarsely my gosh what an absolute mess so guess what now now you got all these politicians it's 2024 is right around the corner some of these people are running for new offices these democrats like for example gavin newsom and these people came out and said oh yeah we need we need a million million two or whatever it is per black californian and all of a sudden newsom's like whoa 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 wait a minute 
<laughs> no, no, th- no, thank you. I, I'm not doing this. And, um, and that's just, uh, that's absolute madness. I love it. Now, uh, there, you know, of course, by the way, you know, you know, there's, there's people on this panel that think it ought to be, oh, there, there's people that, that want more money than just the, the one, 1.2 million. And I think Robbie, that's it. Is it's 1.2 million. I just want to verify that. There, there's people that want more. Here's one guy talking about how much it ought to be. The equivocal number from the 1860s for 40 acres today is $200 million for each and every African American. $200 million. That's what we ought to get. <laughs> These people are demented. Absolute bananas. They ought to load people up in these meetings and send them straight to the funny farm. That happened. That ha- this, this, these remarks were made on Saturday in Oakland at the California Reparations Task for a final approval meeting. So, yeah, they, they settled on just $1.2 million and now... Uh, even that, of course, is absurd, and 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 uh, Gavin Newsom sees it for what it is, which is political suicide. All right, friends, podcast, Apple Odyssey app, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you know all the spots. What's right show? Tell a friend, because if they're missing out on this, well, they shouldn't be. Sam Marjofsky, I'll be back again tomorrow. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law.